Welcome to the podcast, everybody. So, welcome back. Um, wanted to talk about something a little bit, and a lot of it. Watch some of the. Been watching a lot of the breakdowns of the previous fights at UFC 257. But one of the things I I wanted to capitalize on. One of the things I want to talk about was, you know, the thing about the McGregor fight. The, there was a lot of things. Once again, there, there's this fundamental factor that people seem to overlook is that, like I said in the previous, there's a difference between 145-pound Poirier versus 155-pound Poirier. And, you know, Connor tried tactics that may have, would probably would have worked against an immature, compromised Dustin Poirier. Not going to work against a mature, uncompromised Dustin Poirier in this one, which is something that people seem to overlook. But one of the things that I keep hearing with everyone is that people keep saying that his stance has changed. He's more in a boxing stance. Now, Luke Thomas did an interesting breakdown on this. He did a he did an interesting breakdown and he pointed out that Connor changed his fighting style. He changed his fighting stance years ago, which I totally agree with. You know, when if you watch his fights at 145, he didn't really, you know, he threw a lot of kicks. He was always bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. But that was usually in the beginning of his fights. And then once he gets the range, he starts, you know, settling down and starts fighting more in a boxing stance. He starts throwing his hands, which is what he likes to do. He likes to throw his hands. When he fought, you know, when he, you know, when he got up to 170, you can tell, especially after the first Diaz fight, he learned that throwing a lot of these dynamic kicks, carrying all that extra weight is not a smart move. You want to conserve as much energy. You want to limit, not just you want to limit to what kicks you throw, but how many times you throw that kick. Because like I said, throwing kicks takes a lot of energy and it takes more energy when you're carrying all that extra weight, you know. But if there's one thing that I that he noted that I didn't notice is that he doesn't fight. He, he fights in a bladed stance, but he doesn't fight more as a boxer. He only fights more as a boxer when he's fighting southpaws. When he's fighting orthodox, he fights very loose, very playful. He likes to do the touch, 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 you know, I tag you, you can't tag me type, type shit, which makes a lot of sense. You can watch his fights with Eddie Alvarez and Jose Aldo, you know, you know, they're orthodox fighters. Um, you know, they're orthodox fighters. The thing is, you know, the thing which the thing is, is it's pr- it's pretty clear that he has, you know, you know, he can, you know, the thing is, is it's clear that he has a particular way of fighting certain stances. You know, when he's fighting orthodox, he likes to, you know, do the bouncy karate type, you know, karate type style. But when he fights southpaws, he tries to fight more as a boxer. You know, it's pretty, you know, it was pretty clear in that, you know, and the reason why he does that with what I've noticed with orthodox fighters is what he likes to do is, is he gets to feel out the lead. It allows him to feel out the lead left hand. It allows him to feel out his opponent, you know, because he doesn't have to check the range. 
You know, it allows him to, it doesn't, he doesn't have to try to figure out the range. It, it may, well, not figure it out, but it, it gives him, it helps him feel out the range better because he doesn't have to try to cover so much distance. He doesn't really have to figure out, he doesn't have to try to cover the distance. You know, he can easily, you know, touch and feel where his opponent's at without having to, you know, cover distance, you know, without having to cover distance or that much. With Southpaw, he has to cover distance. He has to figure out a way to cover the distance, which is why when he fights Southpaws, it's different versus when he fights Orthodox fighters. Um, you know, so, you know, the thing, it's, it was pretty, you know, and it's pretty clear, but he tried various tactics. Now, the one thing I wanted to point out is with the low kicks. To me, Joseph Altolini did the perfect breakdown of it. Second to that would be with Thomas. But the thing is with the low kicks is, you know, there's multiple ways of dealing with them. Connor tried three different types. He tried pressure. He tried taking the kick and check, checking the kick. The reason why he tried this, you know, because if you watch his first fight with Dustin Poirier, that's what worked. Taking the kick and pressuring Dustin Poirier worked. But like I said, you know, Dustin Poirier is a more mature fighter and he has a lot more power at 155. So that strategy isn't going to work on a 155 pound Poirier, which he tried. And then he tried checking the kick, but he didn't do well with that either because of the fact that, you know, fighting in that bladed stance, you can't really turn your, your leg all the way. You know, especially when checking a calf kick, you know, his opponent is still going to be able to wrap his shin around the meat. So, you know, that was another thing to point out. Um, but this whole idea that he, he's, his style has changed, he's more of a boxer, um, he doesn't do his playful bounce up and down, that's already, that, that's been done, that's been that, that's not a new discovery. His style was changing long before this fight. His style changed way before, even before he fought Money Mayweather. You know, people keep saying that his style's changed. He needs to go back to the old style. His style changed as soon as he went up to 155 and 170. When he fought, at, you know, when he was fighting at 145, yeah, he liked to do a lot of that karate style, bounce in, bounce out. But once he got to 155 and 170, it completely changed. And it was pretty clear. So his style, his style's been changed. He changed his style years ago. It's just people are so enamored and surprised that Dustin Poirier won that the reality is, is they're looking for whatever cheap excuse to really, to try to at least not necessarily discredit Poirier, but lessen his victory. And, you know, hope that, you know, if they fight a third fight, which they most likely will somewhere down the road, you know, this will be something that, this will be an excuse that they can rely on and use if, you know, Connor were to win the third fight. So, um, gonna be talking about this more, you know, right now, um, they took down the fight on ESPN+. Plus. UFC, you, you know, UFC Fight Pass, you know, you could look it up, but you can't, but the content isn't available, which is stupid. So right now I'm kind of waiting on the content to be released, and what I'm going to do is, is watch the fight, um, both the co-main event and the main event, because like I said, Joseph Vitalini had a great breakdown 
Um, Luke Thomas did a good, did some good breakdowns. But Joseph Atalini, in my opinion, did the best one of the co-main event and the main event. So um, most definitely going to be breaking down this fight, as well as Usman, as well as Usman. I mean, I watched Glory. Uh, I still got to do a breakdown of that. But this is just kind of my small tidbit. This is just getting uh, my small tidbit at the moment. There will be more to come. But this is just a quick little, you know, glossary of what I think so far. A quick summary. Sorry, why did I say glossary? That's stupid. But uh, it's, it's a quick summary of what I think so far and, why, and what I'm thinking of the situation with this Conor fight.